If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, August 23rd, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Plus, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Ready, Tim, ready to talk about some video games with you? What's up, I'm very, I'm very ready to talk about some video games. I want to talk about the weekend. Not okay. the, not the singer-songwriter. I'm ta- no, I'm talking about this last weekend. Because this mm-hmm. last weekend, we did one of those subathon streams. <laughs> Starting on Saturday, where mm-hmm. people the more starting the more people, on uh, Saturday, starting Notice on Saturday, words. <laughs> being the key the, the the key word starting because we started mm-hmm. this on Saturday morning and the whole idea of it was okay the more people sub the the longer we'll go but usually there's a cutoff point mm-hmm. and Mike and Kevin the, this weekend I really learned how mad they are as people mm-hmm. you're you're some <laughs> mad people Kevin and Michael We're crazy this thing started Saturday morning I woke up Sunday morning after getting a good night's rest looked at my phone these guys were still live <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we were and here's the thing here's the thing like we we stopped it because we were scared the kids would keep going and like I think some of like at one point one of them got their credit cards like it was cut they were cut off and they had to call their bank that's irresponsible i threatened to ban people because they were donating too many subbed gifts yeah yeah well you guys killed it that was incredible to be a part of for a little bit and watch for much more yeah i right now i am tired for both mike and kevin like i was only on the stream for a little bit but like waking up seeing that Sunday, I was I was just exhausted off of just like living vicariously through them. I couldn't imagine playing that late at night with one Fran Mirabella. I believe you guys were playing what some Splitgate. Uh yeah, eventually it was Apex for a long time though, and man, that oh, shit man. is boring. Oh, man. What I you appreciate I mean? most is that you know there was a rotating <laughs> cast throughout the entire whatever amount of hours it ended up being. So people had like you know I was only there for like three hours. Like people were there for three, four, five, two, whatever. It doesn't matter. Kevin and Mike were there the whole time, right? Yeah, like 22 hours straight. Me and Michael were there the entire time. (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, If you want to catch parts of that stream, you can catch it on Kind of Funny Plays, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. I'm sure the Middle Gear Solid uh, uh, portion of that will go up on there, as well as Resident Evil 8. Me and Andy went back on that, and I'm sure... I don't know what... Like, I wasn't tuned in through the 22 hours, so I don't know what other shenanigans you guys got into, but for the parts that mattered, we did. We are uploading them to YouTube, or did upload them to YouTube. YouTube, I don't know which, but those are... We're working on those currently. On YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. Thank you for that, Barrett. But for now, Tim, let's talk about some video game news because Please. today's stories include Psychonauts 2 and Alien Fireteam reviews, Halo not having co-op at launch, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, rooterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcasts services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily 
to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a new kind of funny x cast is up right now it's a jam-packed episode talking all about that halo news and a 12-minute spoiler cast featuring mike howard greg miller khalif adams paris lily and barrett courtney they, they get into those nitty-gritty details of that 12 minutes uh, uh, ending uh, and so tune into that if you want to hear all about that uh and then this week it's a big old week with gamescom happening which means KFGD tomorrow is going live early at 9 a.m. Pacific time because uh, tomorrow we'll be reacting live to Xbox's Gamescom showcase hosted by one Paris Lily uh, at oh, 10 a.m. Yeah. Pacific time right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. The post show to that will be your kind of funny X cast for this week. And then on Wednesday, we'll be reacting again live to Gamescom opening night live at 11 a.m. Pacific time right here. Uh, the post show to that will be your kind of funny games cast for the week. And then PS I love you XOXO uh, is going up. Uh, at a mystery time this week uh, instead of tomorrow. And so don't look out for it tomorrow. Look out for it later this week. And that'll be our preview of Deathloop and Redacted. And so look out for that. A lot going on this week, but it's a lot of exciting stuff. It is E3-ish week is what I'm going to call it. game time, baby. We're, we're getting into the fall. Like this this yeah. is finally the first time in, in what feels like years that we're getting a traditional fall. And maybe I'm oh, wrong yeah. about that. But I, you know, thinking back to 2019, that was kind of a weird year. And then 2020, obviously... And here we are. It's like, okay, cool. Some semblance of, of normalcy of the, the bangers coming out left yeah. and right. Too many games to play. Th this week is the, the emerging of this fall being uh, th this fall kicking off, but then also Gamescom happening, which means mm -hmm. we have game announcements. We have game previews. We have, I think, maybe game reviews. I don't even know at this point. We have a lot to talk about in terms of video games happening. And so it's all going down this week. Get hype, everybody. It's going to be a big mm -hmm. one. Thank you to our what? Patreon producer, Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash Away into Amazon Music, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one. Speaking of reviews, ladies and gentlemen, Psychonauts 2 reviews are up. We got a review roundup uh, uh, coming to you guys from Metacritic. It's sitting at an 87. On OpenCritic, it's sitting at an eight, uh, also an 87. Uh, I'm going to pull from a few sources, starting with Tom Marks at IGN, who gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, Psychonauts 2's weird and wonderf wonderfully written story is full of interesting, nuanced characters that I instantly fell in love with. Most of its fresh ideas go a long way toward elevating the Psychonauts formula into the modern era, though its enticing new equipable pin system can be a little, little too stingy. Double Fine has also done a great job of expanding this universe toward both grander and more intimate threats without losing the joyous childhood adventure vibes of the original. It may bring a bit of that mid-2000s action platformer clunkiness along with it, but Psychonauts 2 is still just about everything I could have hoped for from a sequel to one of my favorite games. Andrew Reiner at Game Informer gave it a 9 out of 10 and says, Over 16 years have passed between Psychonauts games, but not much time has elapsed for protagonist Rasputin, uh, aka Raz Aquato. His scratchy, high-pitched voice still screams of youthful inexperience, and his actions almost always show an eagerness to learn. That's precisely what developer D Double Fine Productions has also done over the years. 
Time has allowed this art house studio to hone its platforming craft, sharpen its already hilarious wit, and create a sequel that shows off the tremendous com complexity of the human brain and the thrill of unearthing its wonders. I adored almost every second of Psychonauts 2. It achieves something I don't often see in games, a continual sense of awe as each of its worlds unfold. It took 16 years, it took 16 years to reach release, but Double Fine has delivered an incredible sequel. I hope you get a third installment that doesn't take nearly as long, long to create. And then Matthew Castle at PC Gamer gave it an 89 and says, in 2021, Raz is responsive. His rope and pole gymnastics are no longer a mess of, but of button presses, and the camera has your back, or whatever side you want it to have. Throw in generous checkpointing and no life counter, and it's responsive and well, and, and it's as responsive and welcoming a 3D platformer as you'll see outside of Nintendo. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a few special guests on this episode. Uh, one of those special guests is a boy named Barrett Courtney, aka Sad Boy Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? I'm doing well, bless. How are y'all doing today? Doing good, doing good. Barrett, I saw on Twitter mm. that you 100%ed Psychonauts 2. Yes. Uh, first off, uh, shout out to Xbox for providing review code uh, for for us to review for Psychonauts 2. Um, but yeah, as of, what was it, like two hours ago, I have officially 100%ed Psychonauts 2. Um, it, you know, with the classic, like, kind of uh, 3D uh, platformer that it is, it, it, it is also a collectathon, uh, which I really loved. And, you know, there are some collectibles in there that definitely gave me a run for my money. Uh, but yes, uh, that was my goal. I was like, I want to try to 100% it before Games Daily, before I come on and talk about it today. Congrats. And I hit that goal uh, as of this morning, which was dope. Uh, yeah, after roughly 20 hours of my playthrough, um, I played it in a very specific way where I was meticulously going through like every single level to 100% it as much as I could. So I, I, I couldn't give you like a roughly like how long it is just going through the story. Um, but after 20 hours of this game, yeah, this is a this is the front runner for my game of the year so far. Um, I think it's very charming um, as, as much as the first one is uh, modernizes a lot of the aspects of the first one. I'd only played the first one for the first time this year. And it was definitely one of those things where I, I was in love with it. And I was so shocked of like, how did I never play this game as a kid uh, who loved other 3D uh, platformers, collectathon kind of stuff. And um, but with that, playing it 16 years later, I was like, yeah, this is definitely a 2005 game. There's definitely some aspects that don't age super well. Uh, just with like controls and stuff like that and Psychonauts 2 definitely like modernizes and fixes a lot of those things if you went back to the original today um, the level of polish is ridiculous it's it's crazy pretty um, shout out to like I, I played both on PC and Xbox Series S um, which was my first experience of being able to go back and forth between consoles and not have to do anything about transferring saves like I would play on PC shut the game off to like, you know, export something. And then I could like upload my, uh, or turn on my series S and the save would be right there. And I could just continue on. That was a really cool uh, thing that I experienced for the first time being in the Xbox ecosystem again. Um, what, what makes it game of the year contender for you? Uh, I think it's, how everything comes together in all of its aspects. I think the platforming is really fun. Uh, the combat uh, is really creative with all of the powers that you get. <clears throat> I think it's a, just a, like a very pretty game. Uh, the art style is very unique. Uh, the way the story comes together is very impressive. Uh, it's, it can be emotionally poignant while also being funny at the same time. Um, while also just having that same charm that the original did. Uh, the performances in the script are phenomenal. Shout out to 
Richard Horvitz, who's the uh, voice of Raz in the original game, uh, coming back as Raz in this one. Uh, if you uh, if that name sounds familiar, that's the voice of Zim from Invader Zim. Um, and there's oh. just uh, there's a lot of charm and like little details in this game that I think uh, people like myself are really gonna love. Like we talked about this in the preview embargo uh, like a month ago, but the voice of Gur from Invader Zim is also in this game, and so awesome. there's like a cute little reunion there that like yeah. for someone who loves Invader Zim, that's like one of my favorite shows. Like that that was like a moment when we played that in the preview where I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Uh, and like, you know, like going through the motions and going through this game, there was a point where I thought I was about to hit a lull uh, in the game where I was like, I was still really enjoying it, but I was like, okay, like I, I might be coming down on like the, you know, the, the, uh, the high of this game. And then the next level I got to, was just as like imaginative and creative as the last one where I was like, Oh man, this is, this is probably my game of the year. Um, so yeah, I just think it's super charming. I think the way the story comes together, especially in the last few hours, is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, as someone who uh, recently played the first one, it felt like the first one ended kind of at a halfway point where there was a lot of threads and questions that I still had. And the way that it all comes together in this one, it felt like they had finally completed the story that they were set out that they mm-hmm. set out to tell, uh, which was really uh, really cool to see that all together. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend, uh, everybody check it out. Now, like I said, we have a lot of special guests this episode of kind of funny mm-hmm. games daily. Uh, we have another guest, Paris Lily from the kind of funny X cast. I believe you've also played and completed Psychonauts 2. Is that correct? Yes, I have. And I'm in my car stuck in traffic on the 405 freeway in LA. So I, I apologize if, if I drop out here, but I'll keep it short and sweet. I think Barrett summed it up very well. Everything he said, I completely agree with. And to kind of answer this question, why is game of the year contender? I, I, I just think because, in my opinion, this is probably Double Fine's finest work, you know, so to speak, where everything came together, the platforming elements, um, the different abilities that you have using Raz, just dealing with mental health. I think this story that they crafted and the characters surrounding it They did such a fantastic job bringing it all together. And I think the best thing about this is you don't need to play the first Psychonauts to be able to enjoy Psychonauts 2. I think this is a great entry point into the series for anyone that picks this up in in the next week or so. So it's phenomenal. Um, Again, graphically, it's great. If if I had a complaint, I think the combat could have been a little better, but I think it makes up for it in the platforming elements. A lot of the boss encounters are fun. They're fresh. You know, they will make you think. Um, it's not overly difficult, but it's not it's not easy either. I think it has a, a nice a nice middle ground there as far as being able to enjoy it. And uh, the game's actually longer than I thought it was going to be. So so that was also good too. But um, overall, I, I think anyone that loves Double Fine, that loves Tim Schafer, this this is almost their the word i'm looking for the, the they've hit their peak right now i think this awesome. is the best thing that wow. they've ever done that actually oh, and, very and my, i know and my signal sucks so i'll stop talking but but i appreciate you guys having me on thank Paris, you Paris. appreciate you so much uh, thank you for coming at us live from the 305 or sorry 405 uh <laughs> but that actually does have me excited right hearing hearing that it's uh some of double fine's finest work because for me my my reference point for Double Fine is Broken Age, and I absolutely adore Broken Age. I think Broken Age is a wonderful game, and it has what I view as Double Fine's 
creativity and just uniqueness as a studio. Like they're a studio that seems to love to tell quirky stories with unique characters and do really cute things with them. And you know, you're telling me that Psychonauts 2 is them at their peak. I think that's very exciting. But my follow-up question to that, I'll guess I'll point this toward Barry. And I know we do have a I don't want to ruin the surprise, but Gary Wood is in here because Gary Wood has some things to say about another game that we'll talk about in a second. But Double Fine Now is an Xbox Studios game. Well, what do you guys feel? Do you guys think this puts them in that upper tier of Xbox Studio now, or do you think that they're still they're still double fine as we know and love them? Does that make sense? This question. Are they fine or are they double fine? Hey, they're exactly. I, I mean, that's an uh, it's an interesting one because, like, as y'all know, like uh, this is still coming to PlayStation consoles. This was a, this was a game that was in development before the purchase of Double Fine from Xbox and stuff like that. And that's not really something that I had really. F- felt or thought about while playing the game it was like the only reason i thought about it, it being on the xbox platform was being able to easily go from having my save being on pc to series s and having the series s version be optimized and impressively like probably not one for one but like almost as impressive as the pc version uh, uh except for you know maybe some pop in and frame stuff here and there but like I don't know. This just this just feels like it's double finds moment more so than like mm-hmm. I think of Xbox's Xbox moment. moment. Um, I, I don't know if that uh, completely answers the the question or uh, if if that changes any anybody's like way of thinking of uh, this game. But yeah, for now, the, for now at least, I, I think this uh, of this is more of like double finds uh, thing. I think maybe with later releases, we'll we'll think of it more as like the xbox like uh title and stuff but i think just because this game has been in development for a good bit i like yeah like the xbox game studios logo like uh pops up in the 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 load in for the game and stuff like that but i don't know i i I still felt it more of like a a double fine thing than an xbox Mm -hmm. game but there is that level of like almost triple a polish in there that um i like I have only played like a couple of Double Fine games uh, in the past, and there is like a, a great level of presentation. I feel like with the the ones that I have played, but they have for, good art like, style. They, they yeah. know art direction really well. Exactly, but I, I do think there is a level of like AAA polish here that I, I do think helps, like put it on another level, and hopefully will uh, garner more attention uh, for maybe some more casual fans who may not have picked up, uh, double fine games in the past, especially with this being on game pass, I think will, uh, especially help it as well. Um, you guys got me hyped, man. I, yeah, like, got this me hyped this as well. was one that I was like, Oh, I'm kind of interested in playing it. Yeah. Now I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. This, I, I, this I, th- like I think it is a must play this year. I think the, the bigger question people have been asking this morning is like, is the first one necessary to play? I've been pushing people to play the first one for the last couple months. Uh, but if you haven't, and you, you do really want to check it out, there is like a, a great kind of like catching you up on the events of Psychonauts one and Psychonauts, uh, the rhombus of ruin, which does have like kind of, that was the, the VR title that came out a few years back that does have like some important, uh, aspects that lead into Psychonauts two. So I think, think like with that intro you you still get enough of the story and a sense of like what the universe is there there are definitely some moments that probably won't hit nearly as hard uh especially in the the later parts of the game for uh newcomers as they would for fans of the the game that has been out for uh since 2005 right but um yeah i think it's a must play i think it's a fantastic uh another fantastic study like the first one into you know mental health um and being respectful when it comes to that and not like immediately fixing uh people the state of people's mental health but helping them 
be guided into the right direction to start healing and i think like the way that they do that in their story and the way they represent things just in like gameplay and enemies is so fun and creative um that yeah i think it's absolutely necessary and uh, just like you know me blessing of like how much i love persona 5 and how fascinating that idea is of like going into people's minds and seeing their cognition of the world around them Mm -hmm. psychonauts has a very similar kind of premise but a very different take on that and i think the way that they get creative is so fascinating and so charming uh someone in the chat i think was asking of like is is there something on the level of the milkman conspiracy from the first game that a lot of people uphold and love that level from the first game and I, i do think there is a moment like at the very beginning of a certain level where I was like, oh, this is this game's Milkman conspiracy. And it's fucking <laughs> Thank fantastic. God. Thank God, everyone. <laughs> oh, man, I was so worried. Concerned. I was yeah. worried. That I, well, like that, that's for the hardcore fans who like have been waiting for the sequel for 16 years and are wondering if like the sequel is going to hit the same marks as the first one did, which I think it absolutely does. And I think it, it, it pushes even further past that. So, yeah. As I said before, uh, it's it's my front runner for game of the year so far. Um, you, and looking at the rest of the the games this year uh, that I know that I will be into, I I imagine I'll be hard pressed to to find a game that will beat this. So that's all I got to say. Um, of, of course, you can tweet at me at Sad Boy Barrett if you have any other questions or any more. Uh, if you want to get any more specific thoughts out of me, you can tweet me there. Again, uh, hashtag game provided by Xbox for review um and all that good stuff and i actually just got sent a cool psychonauts care package that i may Uh-oh. or may not film an unboxing of right after this oh cool. thank you so much appreciate that you i mean you guys completely sold me on it i'm definitely gonna try this game out as somebody who really likes double finds when he really likes platformers it sounds like it is a must play and so i can't wait to experience this game's milk mommy conspiracy but for now Let's hop in to story number two. You heard what I said, Kevin. Story number two, we got another review roundup for you. This time it's Aliens Fireteam Elite. This game is sitting on Metacritic at a 70. I'm going to start off with Kyle Campbell at IGN. He gives it a 7 out of 10 and says, Aliens Fireteam Elite does enough right to be plenty worthwhile for a trio of co-op shooter fans who'd rather rather battle hordes of xenomorphs than the usual zombies. Between the excellent weapons, classes, and enemy types, and some wonderful nostalgic hat tips toward what came before, it's a must-play if you hold any fondness for the series. The caveats, of course, are having to put up with repetitive scenarios and some excruciatingly drawn-out missions. Aliens Fireteam Elite may not be a triumphant win, but it's far from a game over, man. Uh, Vicky Blake at Eurogamer gave it an unscored review and says, Alien Fireteam Elite is exactly what it says on the tin. Stuffed with guns, gadgets, and plentiful alien goo, it's a frenetic cooperative firefight against some of sci-fi's most iconic monsters in an all-new tale that takes us beyond the original trilogy. No, it's not the most sophisticated shooter, and no, its truncated runtime is unlikely to, to occupy you for more than a couple of nights, but it's an unashamedly good romp that'll hopefully satisfy your Ripley power fantasies too. And then lastly, Chris Carter at Destructoy gave it a 5.5 out of 10 and says, There's a lot of mindless fun to be had, especially when you're in the thick of it, fighting off a horde with a crew. Into the thick of it. (laughs) Into the thick of it. The upright warrior types chasing after you in an attempt to to maul your team (laughs) is a hoot, especially when when you fire back with a few power-up abilities and blow them away. If the game was swapped to uh, to first person and gunplay had a little more weight and better sound effects, Aliens Fireteam Elite would instantly get better. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a duo of guests. We have Greg Miller and Gary Witta, who have both played uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite. Guys, how are you doing? Hey, hey. 
we're great blessing how are you you got the dynamic duo of aliens right here all right me and gary out there splattering these bugs heads against the wall ain't that right mr Witta? just to be clear i'm hicks he's hudson attack what an attack off that i thought we were t- i thought we were friends today gary actually more go- like a, maybe, maybe we're more like a gorman and vasquez combo like going out together in the in the little air ducts at the end yeah of you course, always yeah, right. were an asshole miller <laughs> i want to start with you uh, sure. how much of it have you played how how into the thick of it are you not so like the it's an interesting one to pop on i wanted to give impressions right or flesh out what it is i think uh for my money uh tom marks or i'm sorry kyle over at ign kyle campbell over at ign uh his review sounds spot on with what i feel about aliens fire team elite uh we had done a party mode over here uh with uh what was it, it was me it was andy it was nick right uh you can catch that youtube.com slash kind of funny games uh when we got review code uh gary and i were super into it uh kevin said he would be but then he wanted to prioritize his marriage and went and went on a nice vacation with paul and i'm glad he did uh but me and gary had a a, a fun-filled night of it uh, uh there playing and hanging out and going through the uh, the original uh, campaign if you will the first part the first giant episode right because it's multiple parts there's multiple chapters to it and then failing at the very end the very last second <laughs> and then uh it was that thing of we didn't go back to it however i want to go back to it but it's this thing we, we, we had where- we had plans to go back this weekend greg and you flaked on me I didn't flake, Gary. Uh, life got in the way, and then uh, there's another review now. It's, it's just the usual life of everything. But uh, the, the, the point was, we wanted to, we we enjoyed it enough that we wanted to play again. I'm I definitely want to play again. And that's where I'm at too. Is like the the what the way I've been thinking about it, right? Is that what Alien Fire Aliens Fire Team Elite is trying to? I feel fill that exact not exact hole, but fill the hole that I'm also looking back for blood to do. I think back for blood is a way more fleshed out, way more interesting, way more uh, put your hooks in you game, but. Aliens Fireteam Elite is completely competent at doing it as well. And it is that thing that I did have a good time with Gary. I am excited. We wanted to play more that night, but Gary's Xbox and DNS were having a problem. And so it's like, there is that thing of, I feel like at any point, if you were to say, uh, you know, Gary, let's go do this. And I wasn't on a review or now on an embargo or something. And it wasn't like, a, you know, whatever. It was just us hanging out. I would totally be down, down to jump in and play in the same way I'd be down to jump in and play a Left 4 Dead or something like that. Yes, it's, it, is, it, it, is, it is, I think, bare bones at times. But then there are these other times where Gary and I were talking about it, right, as fans of the movies. You're running through these hallways and the light is radiating in in the same like you know pill structure that it does on in the aliens movies right and like the plasma rifle sounds like the plasma rifle and then it does just become yeah you know aliens pouring out of these crevices and coming at you and they're just fodder for you to kill until a bigger alien comes but gary correct me wrong like you know our last stand trying to evac when we failed right oh my god was the drop ship? yeah trying to go onto the drop ship at the last second and it's like spawning more and more waves i went into this a little bit with my arms folded because it's almost like the aliens license going in is a little is almost like you can perceive it as a negative, right? Because alien isolation aside, like it's the alien license is like you kind of like, ah, you know, Colonial Marines and other games that have not, you know, it kind of almost leaves a bit of a bad taste in your mouth. But I still wanted to try it because I'm a big fan of these horde type shooters. I love World War Z, Left for Dead, Black for Blood, uh, Back for Blood. I'm really into this. I'm really excited about Rainbow Six Extraction, you know, like a small squad fighting off like waves of enemies. I love that style of gameplay. And this is exactly that. But I, was like, I don't know, like, is this going to break that? I feel like there almost is like an alien's curse. But I got to say, this is alien isolation aside, and that feels more like a Ridley Scott, you know, type game than a James Cameron. If you want that James Cameron 
uh, Aliens vibe. This game captures it brilliantly. The motion tracker, the pulse rifles, the kind of the, the tough guy, you know, Marine dialogue, the military, you know, drums in the background, the, the look and the feel of the, of the colonial bases you're going through, the aliens kind of shrieking as they're coming at you. Like it puts you right in the middle of like a cinematic alien firefight, which is exactly, you know, this job done, right? That's what you want. Does it in really well. And one of the things I do want to toss out that none of these reviews touch on, at least in the, in the blurbs we're reading, obviously, on, it, there's obviously full-blown reviews you should go read from Eurogamer Destructor and IGN, right? But one of the things that doesn't get called out is this game's only 40 bucks, So it's not, it's not putting in the $70 expectation of what you're doing. And mm. for that $40, I do think you are getting a, from what we've seen, boiled down. And I, I'm using it because obviously it's the, you know, the big title for this genre, I think, this year. You're getting a boiled down back for blood. Because there is a card system in this, right? Where it is, yeah. you, know, you unlock these different cards and it is, you, you know, the aliens will be a little bit tougher, but you'll get more XP. There are XP on the weapons you're using. So if you, and there's different classes. So if you jump in and you're like, I'm going to be the soldier class and I'm going to use this pulse rifle, you can come out of that even when you fail like Gary and I did and go to, you know, the commandant or whoever I, I, it is. I wouldn't have minded failing either, but we were like right on on the steps Dude, of the drop it, it, it was going to evac us out. It was, oh my God, thing, so right? close. Like, it reminded me so much of those Left for Dead moments we used to have of, all right, get yeah. in the boat, get in the boat. And right as you get in the boat, somebody hits you in the head with a giant rock and you, you, everybody gets away but you. And that's what this was of like, the back of the ship's open. We're almost out of here. Gary gets pinned. I'm like, ah, no. And I run over there and then they swarm me and I get taken out. I don't know. It's too early to say what kind of legs it really has because Greg and I just really had that one session. It drops officially tomorrow. I've got the PC version on Steam uh, pre-installed, ready to go. I've got a whole other group. Because it, well, that's my biggest bummer. There's no cross-play. Um... Which, you know, you know, it's my big pet, pet peeve. Uh, blessing in this day yeah. and age there's no excuse i've already been hammering the devs on twitter this morning saying please add <laughs> crossplay so we can get like a bigger group of people together but i'm gonna give it a try this week for 40 bucks even if it's only good for like a couple of weeks of you know campaign play before it starts to peter out i think it's worth it because it really like when, when you're in it when you're in the middle of one of those firefights it really does capture that that feel of the of the james cameron movie you know kind of backs to the wall they're coming out of the goddamn walls you know it's it's got that feel to you, it Barry. they're fucking <laughs> and it does have those scares too you see them in our in our uh, in our party mode but there were the things of like you know there's different classes of aliens there's like the spitter there's the exploder there's the giant warrior that's gonna run at you and be like take a but but they'll they will hide around corners and even like coming downstairs i'd be like i know there's gonna be one up there it doesn't it got me it still spooked me yeah, and it's got the auto turrets and all the cool stuff that you would expect it to have. Greg's right. It checks all the boxes that these quad shooters are expected to check. You know, in individual upgrade paths for all your weapons, cosmetics, uh, different classes. Well, uh, and then it's so the, the one thing I don't. I mean, it, it, you've got to do it. Like we couldn't, we couldn't get a third player to play with this, and so it gives you basically a. Um, like, like a, a bishop mannequin. type character it gives you a synthetic but they yeah. look really weird like they look like kind of prototype it's synthetics they, they almost look like so, just like an abercrombie and fish I, doll I did, I did boot in this marines game up. outfit I, boot, I booted this game up for a few seconds yesterday just try it out to see what it was about and i didn't have time to do an online match so i did the thing where i met i didn't match make i played with the two ai companions and yeah they look like straight up like synthetics like they, they look almost like ma like mannequins is how i describe them yeah. and it was kind of funny just running around and they would just fo follow behind me uh looking like very lifeless i thought it was, that was kind of hilarious but i mean for I mean, my it's, experience it's, with it it, it, it was it, pretty cool it's a decent way of, you know, we, we know that they have these synthetic life forms, you know, in, in the aliens universe, right? So it's a decent way to 
to kind of add it. You know, it's in universe lore. It makes sense to kind of add them as an NPC character. Our guy, what was he called? Like Alpha or something? You know, every now and again, like somebody gets, like, we'd be like, oh, he's only Alpha. He can take care of himself. Like you definitely don't care about the synthetics as much. But no, it, it, it really pressed all the buttons for me. And I've actually been excited to go back in and play again. If they add crossplay, play, that'll, that'll be the last piece of the puzzle for me. And then again, just to see what kind of longevity there is. But I really, really enjoyed it a lot. And I was glad to see that the reviews uh coming out today are uh, really positive as well it's a good game so Gary, i'm caught up on work let's drop let's get in there tonight let's get in there tonight i'll play with you yeah absolutely tonight. let's get but can we get a third Come on, guys not tonight wait what, what are you guys playing on well what can you xbox remember we we got you an xbox code you wanted to play we got xbox yep 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 well it's because like there's something else i want to play tonight but i mean i think i know down... what kevin wants to play tonight kevin, yeah, i'll play that with you tonight okay great let's do that at let's say nine o'clock for that and then oh actually fuck I think I have plans to stream this game tonight at nine o'clock. Aliens. You didn't invite us. You didn't invite me. Well, why, why, did, well, why don't you play, why don't you play I mean, with us? Invite invite three. Play with Wait, them. I can't, it's a three-player game, right? I can't yeah. invite yes. people. That's not how that works. Oh, oh my yeah. god. Uh, Greg, 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 nobody wants to. You get dissed by everyone. Nobody wants to play with us. Do you guys want to play today tonight at seven o'clock? No, that's way too early. That's too early for me. It's too early. Nine o'clock. Do you guys want to play at nine o'clock? That's better. Yeah. I could play at nine. Maybe right, yeah. Right. Gary, I'm I'm, I'm playing Paradise starts at eight though. Nine o'clock's not gonna work for you, Gary. Wait, what? Bachelor in Paradise? He's you don't want to miss it. Don't joke. worry about it. Don't it's, worry it's about it. It's a joke. <laughs> Thanks for having us on the show, Bye, everybody. Guys. Yeah, Thanks we'll play tonight. This will be fun. Nine o'clock, write it down. Dude, that bachelor right, finale nine o'clock. a few weeks ago though. You know what I mean, Tim? What did you just say? <laughs> that bachelor rep finale a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. Wait, did you watch? I I did watch. What the fuck? But whatever. We'll talk about that we'll later. Talk about let's later. talk about video games. I haven't been able to talk about goddamn video games. But before we talk about video games, let's talk about our sponsors, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Away. Whether it's just a trip to the grocery store, a weekend away, or an extended stay with your friends or family, we're all stuck navigating the current weirdness of travel. But no matter what you're up to, Away's suitcases, bags, and accessories all come in a variety of colors, sizes, and materials to always have your back. I've been a huge fan of Away forever. It's all I travel with. It's my favorite luggage. Uh, Once you get it, it transforms your life, transforms your travels experience. So high quality, so beautiful, so aesthetically pleasing. Just a big fan overall. Every suitcase comes with a fancy schmancy interior organization system with a compression pad to help you fit more in which i've had to do many many times away suitcases also come with the smoothest rolling reels i've ever seen on a suitcase honestly it's fun to just roll it around because it is so smooth a tsa approved combination lock a laundry bag it's literally everything you'll need in a suitcase and more Start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash KFGD. That's awaytravel.com slash KFGD. GD. Next up, shout out to Amazon Music. Amazon Music has more than 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, including this show and all of the kind of funny shows. Go check them out. Uh, but it's not just for listening to podcasts. Amazon Music has thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. No matter what you're listening to, you can go hands-free with Alexa. You can get the app and enjoy free listening anywhere on any device. There's no credit card or subscription required. Um, Amazon Music's great. I've been I've been using it for a while. Love listening to, the, to podcasts. If you've never tried amazon music what are you waiting for you're gonna love it as much as we do start listening for free today head over to amazon.com slash kfgd that's amazon.com slash kfgd to stream thousands of music stations and over 10 million podcast episodes for free amazon.com slash kfgd 
G-D. And finally, shout out to DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Dinner? Check. Do you order it? Check. Morning pick-me-up from Dunkin'? Check. Get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. I love DoorDash. I've been using it forever, especially uh, during this whole situation we're in, and it's been fantastic. Not needing to worry, not needing to go out places, just boom. Restaurant food, Brian brought right to me. Me and Gia having a great time eating it. For a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on the first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. Uh, for Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the US and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code games 2021 or games CA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Kevin, what's 85 in French? Um, it's, I can't remember 40. So, um, For, 40, I believe, is 40. 40, is it, is it, so, is it not 40, 20? Guys, let me fucking talk about some video <laughs> games, okay? Story number three, Halo Infinite won't have co-op campaign and Forge no, at me, launch. Is this is Matt Brown at Windows Central. Chat says, uh, Katra, Katra, Katra Vent Sink. Well, that's 40, that's 85, right? Is that what you yeah. asked? Yeah, well, it's 85, yeah. Katra okay, Vent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Katra so, Vent yeah, Sink. that's 40, 20, uh, 5, which is yeah, fucking right. that stupid. Is, that is French an interesting way to do Sorted numbers. out France. Listen, English is, a, out. English is a wild language, too. English has a lot of dumb shit going on as well. No, we have 85. That's how you say it. You don't say 40, 25. That's great. Tim, that's how they say 85. It doesn't even add up. I, it doesn't. It doesn't. Mm. This is from Matt Brown at Windows Central. Halo Infinite won't include a co-op campaign in its Forge map building mode at launch, Microsoft has confirmed. Oh, the news marks the latest setback for its <laughs> upcoming flagship shooter, currently scheduled to release on Xbox consoles and PCs later in 2021. 343 Industries outlined its plans via its August development update video on Friday, recapping the latest on development. Quote, unfortunately, as we focused the team for shutdown and really focused on a quality experience for launch, we, ma we made the really tough decision to delay shipping campaign co-op for launch, stated Halo Infinite creative, creative head Joseph Staten. Quote, and we also made the tough call to delay shipping Forge past launch as well, end quote. Staten states that the team aims to ship co-op campaign support via a Season 2 update scheduled for three months after launch. Forge is expected to launch six months after its release via its Season 3 content offerings. Quote, our number one priority is making sure whatever we ship, whenever we ship it, meets the right quality bar across all platforms, Xbox devices, PC, and all of its different configurations. And when we looked at these two experiences, Campaign Co-op and Forge, we made the, the determination they're just not ready, Staten said. Tim, ma, fucking Gettys, I know you as the Halo person in my life. How does this sit with you? You know, there's one word that comes to mind, and that word is bummer. Uh, when I first saw this, I immediately tweeted it, and I said, what a bummer. And then I looked at my uh, Twitter, whatever the hell it's called, <laughs> timeline, and uh, I'm just, everybody, what a bummer. This bums me out. Bummer, bummer, bummer. Because that's the thing. Everybody that cares about Halo campaign associates it with these memories. And so many of those people associate it with night one. We're getting the boys together. We're playing co-op. We're going through the entire game. And I feel like that is such a key integral part to the Halo experience that, again, 
There's no other word than bummer for what this is. I don't think this is the end of the world. I think that it makes sense. And, you know, them being transparent with where they're at with the game. The, we've played enough of the multiplayer so far to know that they they got a hit on their hands. This is working. Things are good. The campaign side of this has been a little bit more iffy. Uh, the last we really saw of it was at E3 last year. And that didn't blow people away necessarily that was uh you know when, when everyone was mad about the graphics and all that um and news like this doesn't necessarily make me feel great about it um you know me and you have been talking on the show for the last month or so and i kept saying that i don't have any evidence of this but i kind of feel like the campaign's going to be delayed i now feel like that's not the case like this is them kind of saying no campaign's going to be with the game it's going to be holiday you this wish year they would have delayed it personally i do I really do, because I think that the campaign co-op is such a key part to what makes it special, and it really enhances the experience. Um, so I, I think that it's kind of unfortunate. And if personally, I wish that they would delay it, just put out the multiplayer suite. And I mean, I've, I've been saying this already, that I think strategically, like with my marketing mind, I would think that it's the best call to put out multiplayer this year, get that big win, and then, yeah, early next year, come out with this multiplayer, or with the campaign with co-op have that be another big moment and then just continue from there um it's clear that's not what their 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 plan is and that's totally fine i'm very excited to play this game any which way it's just forge is one thing where i'm like there's a huge community of forge uh, enthusiasts out there but they can wait a little bit longer and i don't think that that's going to be like make or break type stuff this co-op campaign not being part of it like that is something that people are going to be looking forward to and it's going to feel like a missed experience from what they expect and granted it's still coming it's not like it's not going to be in the game it just sucks that so many people are not going to be able to experience the game the way that they would prefer to when it finally does come out when people have been waiting for this game for a very long time already uh, can you give me some context and history to campaign co-op because for me my experience with halo has been going over to friends houses the friends who have the xboxes getting my ass kicked in halo multiplayer and then also playing some of the master master chief collection on xbox one a few years ago uh, and playing through some of the halo one campaign is campaign co-op something that's been there from the get-go and is that mm -hmm. usually the preferred way to play like how how just how important is campaign co-op to the co to the campaign experience I mean, here's the thing. It's, yeah, since day one, since Halo 1, campaign mm -hmm. co-op has been what made that experience so special. Like, Halo is so revolutionary for console first-person shooters, period. Halo 1 uh, kind of got more people on the couch than ever in a world that kind of grew from GoldenEye, right? The N64, yeah. the fun machine, got you and three friends together, like, playing uh, matches after match after match on the weekends uh, or weeknights, whatever it was. But then when Halo came out, that was the moment that it was like, oh, we're taking first-person shooters a little more seriously. Obviously, Halo 2 then came along with the, the online side of things and changed the game. But um, the thing with Halo is there's a lot of different verticals that are special to people. There is the single-player campaign where it is fantastic and you know people love that for sure they're just playing by themselves that is a treasured experience there is obviously the multiplayer but the co-op campaign for so many millions of people is their preferred way to play through halo and to be clear for me right co-op mm -hmm. campaign co-op is the same as a single player campaign but with, yes okay gotcha it's yes. not a different campaign yeah and like what gotcha. so many people uh that so many people that i talk to that love halo and have loved halo it's all about getting together with your friend back in the day friend and then eventually friends uh mm -hmm. with co because it started with just two people and playing through on legendary playing through on a harder difficulty and you know really going through finding the tactics and there is that level of halo is kind of known and was known for its ai and how good the ai of the enemies were so you and your friends going up against them it was this 
thrilling experience. And that's been something that, you know, me, Mike, and Andy have been talking about for a long-ass time of how excited we are to be able to, to do this when uh, this game comes out. So, yeah, it's just – it's kind of a – again, it's a bummer. Like, there there's – the preferred way for people to play this game for a lot of people is not going to be available uh, when the game launches. And that is that is very unfortunate. Yeah, I wonder how uh, it seems like they find themselves in between a rock and a hard place with this. Right. Because we have had Halo Infinite delayed uh, uh, out of fall last year into fall this year. And for them, they probably have hit the point where they're like, we can't we can't delay this game again. We'd rather delay features of game of the game if the yeah. features aren't ready. But yeah, like that is that is such a tough place, you know, especially when they talk about pandemic and how that's affected their their schedule and that how that's affected development. Uh, that I mean, I don't. I, this is one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know what the right decision here is. I think the preferred decision, what we've talked about, right, probably would be just delay the campaign. But I wonder for them if that's the thing that's just a no go because people are looking forward to it. Either way, like it's a bummer. It's the reality of things with pandemic. It is what it is. Development, but. I'm with you. I, I I definitely understand how it can be a huge bummer for people who are really looking forward to this. Yeah. Jeff, so my God says preferred way to play for like 10% of people. 10% is a lot of people when we're talking about the user base for what this game is going to be. And like this, we're not talking about like back in the day of like split screen not being in it, which was like a crazy thing. But it was like that is going to affect people in a certain way. This is like a game that people are looking forward to for years to go back to the Halo experience. And the Halo experience for so many people is co-op campaign. So mm. that is the, the the difference there between like this this is a big deal. It's just at the end of the day, it's only a big deal for the moment because they're gonna add it. If they if they announce co-op campaigns not happening, it'd be like, wow, that is a misstep. This is an unfortunate reality. Tim, let's talk about story number four. WWE 2K22 will release in March 2022. This is Vicky Blake at Eurogamer. And Kevin, I have a trailer you can pull up as we go. WWE 2K 2022 has been or 2K22, or fuck, 2K2020, god damn, why can't I say it? This has happened like multiple shows now, where I try to say 2022 or 2K22, and I get I, I get flubbed up with it. WWE 2K22 has been pushed back to March 2022. The announcement was made at WWE SummerSlam over the weekend, with 2K promising that the next installment of the wrestling franchise hits different and will be crowd-popping, chills-inducing, having been redefined from the ground up. Beyond that, 2K are keeping tight-lipped on the details, although the new video, I'm reliably informed, features appearances from Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, and Charlotte Flair. The release date will be disappointing for some, as we were told back in April that the game would release later this calendar year. As Tom summarized at the time, the annual franchise took a year off in 2021 after visual concepts WWE 2K20 was widely panned, prompting Sony to issue refunds to unhappy customers as countless players posted clips of bugs and other issues and visual concepts attempted to patch up the game. Ultimately, reception to the broken WWE 2K20 was so poor that a planned WWE 2K21 follow-up was scrapped. Last year saw the launch of the cartoonish WWE 2K Battlegrounds instead, while the main series was given more time to rest up before returning. We'll find out in March if it was worth the wait. Uh, Kevin, I don't know. Oh, you have the video going up right now. Uh, this is what they tweeted to announce the, the March date. And this is one that me and Greg talked about this recently on a different episode of KFGD when they were talking about what um, WWE 2K22 is going to be and look like and how they're trying to revamp it. I'm very curious to see if they're able to live up with it because WW2K, as we mentioned in the story and as we've been talking about, has been going through a lot of struggle. And it's hard for me to imagine them 
bring you bringing it back with a with another traditional 2k game and having it be something that people look forward to and people flock to and people that'll make people go oh this is the one like it seems it, it seems like where wwe 2k is at that's just a, that's just a tall order and i don't know i don't know what the steps are for them to actually bring it back in a way that gets people hyped for it yeah, I mean, there's a lot going into this. I watched SummerSlam, so I saw this commercial when it aired, and uh, I was like, oh, my God, they're actually coming out this year, and then it ends with March 22, and I'm like, oh, I, I guess not. I spoke way too soon. Um, there's not enough to go off here uh, to see if it's going to solve all the problems. I mean, it looks very good. I would say that it doesn't look like it's like, oh, my God, this is the best-looking thing I've ever I mean, seen. This this trailer looks like what I would have expected from a WWE 2K trailer. Totally. But the fact that they're saying it hits different, like that's their whole kind of marketing for this it's like they clearly understand they need to make some changes this trailer doesn't necessarily show that from a gameplay perspective but doesn't really show much gameplay anyways um what i think is interesting though about you saying like what does it take to like get people excited i actually think that the march timeline is the best timeline for this game to come out the most people are excited about wwe in between the royal rumble and wrestlemania which is right in that march area right like hmm. royal rumble normally end of january early february around there wrestlemania usually end of march early april and like that is when like lapsed fans and that's when like a lot of people like me like casual fans of this thing i would say like casual enthusiasts if you will like i always come back for those couple of months then i might fall off and like catch up on the storylines just at my my leisure right but like i'm always there for the big ones and so i think that that actually is a better timeline for this game to come out than the traditional fall um dates that they've had but I don't know that this is even going to be enough time. Like, I feel like even one more year might be necessary for uh, for this to be able to to really hit, especially be when you look at the reality of game development where we're at. Mm. Like, cool, uh, 2020 came out in 2019, and that was a disaster. And then we didn't get one last year. We got that Battlegrounds game, which was also a disaster. But then in between all of that, we had the move to next gen. So this game is going to be a next gen WWE game are they going to have enough time to like figure out all the problems with the franchise and be able to make it worth a damn on the next gen? Or is this going to be kind of a weird midstep, another weird midstep before next year where it's like, okay, cool. We're being able to take advantage of next gen and all that stuff. That's, that's the reality on top of that. WWE is in a whole bunch of other issues and like is half the roster um, yeah. even going to be there by the time this freaking game comes out. We'll see. We'll have to see. Uh, let's get into our last news story. Story number five. Hideo Kojima says 12 minutes makes him want to, uh, to make another adventure game. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Metal Gear Solid and Death Stranding director Hideo Kojima has taken to Twitter to share that he enjoyed 12 minutes so much that it kind of ma makes him want to create another adventure game. Quote, once you get used to the overhead view and the controls, you won't mind. It's a game using intelligence. It's like the Amiga games I used to play. I still haven't cleared it yet, but it's fun. I'm afraid of Defoe's vi visit, end quote. Speaking of Defoe, Kojima also says that, quote, even now, I feel like Defoe is going to come in the front door in 10 minutes or so. Normally, I'd welcome him, as I'm a huge fan of him. But after playing 12 minutes, I'm afraid he's going to punch me. Nice casting, though, <laughs> end quote. He then continued to say that 12 minutes is kind of inspiring him to create another adventure game. For those unaware, Kojima worked on a number of games in the graphic adventure genre during his time at Konami, including Police Knots and Snatcher. If you were to go down that road, 12 minutes creator Luis Antonio did offer that he does have some ideas he'd love to run by Kojima. To finish off his thoughts, Kojima compared aspects of 12 Minutes to other films like The Shining. Quote, the carpet pattern in the hallway is totally The Shining, and the closet's perspective is also good. Defoe's high-strung voice is very The Lighthouse-like, Kojima wrote. 
And Sam, I love pulling in these Kojima tweets yep. uh, on KFGD. And yeah, like I'm again, I'm totally down for whatever Hideo Kojima has has up his sleeve. If he wants to make an adventure game, go and make it. Go and make it, uh, an adventure game, Kojima. I'll play it. That sounds totally. like a fun time. Totally. I'm trying to find it. Kojima's been on a roll the last month or two with with his tweets, but he tweeted something this weekend that like had me freaking rolling. Uh, can't find it now, but you whatever. Have, God bless. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, he says, I'm sitting there with the TV on and the voiceover says hidden on the beach. Is that a death stranding commercial? Nah, it was a commercial for Shyamalan's new movie old. It can't be death stranding after all quote. I'm waiting for you on the beach with a lot of emojis. God bless you. Kojima. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that, man. I love that. He's playing. I love, I love that. He's playing 12 minutes and enjoying it as much as he is. And I love seeing him live tweet it. Like, you know, like I'm, I didn't like 12 minutes, but for what 12 minutes is as something that's trying to go for it being more cinematic and getting in big voice actors and then going for something different in story. I totally get how Hideo Kojima plays that and goes, Oh, I'm digging this. And I understand how that even inspires him to want to make something. I think that's a wonderful thing uh, and cool to see. Have you got, have you gotten around to playing 12 minutes, Tim? Uh, yeah. And that's one of those things where like, I've heard so much torn shit where I'm like, the people that are loving it, I seem to not, I, I tend to not really vibe with their opinions as much as the people not liking it. But I, I want to give it a shot soon. There's just been a lot going on, man. I feel you. So many video games. But Tim, the release dates for those video games, probably so far away. If I went to what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. A little early there. Out today, we got Fling to the Finish for PC, Night Flight for Switch, Magnus Failure for Switch, and then Claire's Quest Gold for PC. We got one new date for you. Ember is to launch on PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch on September 23rd. Of course, you guys can go over to kindoffunny.com slash you wrong, where you write in list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Cameron writes in to say that Blessing Set Psychonauts 2 is sitting at 87 on Metacritic and OpenCritic. It is actually sitting at 89 on, on OpenCritic, tied for the highest rated new release of the year on OpenCritic. There you go. I think it, it said it, it said 87 when I first pulled it, but that was only an hour after the review embargo went up, and so it might even have mm. updated again by now. And then KDG writes in to say 85 is Katra Van, Van Sank in, in French, which is 420 uh, in parentheses, blaze it, uh, 5, mm, mm, which mm. does add up. Not 40-20, like Kevin said. 40 is current. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Catch event. Okay, so yeah, 420. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Of course, today's Still Monday. stupid, though, right? Uh, again, Eng- I, listen, I can't judge French when I speak English. That's where I stand. No, English is way Eng- more structured than that. Come on. No, English is... I mean, the numbers, I think, make sense. Make a lot of I do sense. Pre- make a I lot prefer of sense. English numbers, yes. The rest of the language, kind of trash. <laughs> if you're being real about it. it's a, it, English is a pretty difficult language. A lot of weird stuff going on. English. I don't fuck. Tell me, what, what was the Kevin Hart joke? Or was the Cat Williams talking about knife? Knife. It's spelled knife. Um. How the, uh, how the fuck are we supposed to supposed to process this language? I don't think any language uh, has nailed it. 
huh, Kevin? Uh, we got four yeah. more days this week, right? Today's Monday. All right. So let me let me list out your kind of funny games daily hosts Please this week. They go like this. Tomorrow you're getting Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday you're getting Janet Garcia and Andy Cortez. Thursday you're getting Greg Miller and Tim Geddes. And on Friday you're getting Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike, Nick, and Andy playing some of that Ghost of Tsushima and some Boyfriend Dungeon. If you want to catch that stream later, you can of course subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. Remember, this has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.